0: In the name of Jesus, Amen. Dear Saints, Merry Christmas. It is a great joy and delight that we gather here this morning to celebrate what Jesus has done for us. That He has left everything behind so that we, so that He might be our Savior and our brother and our friend. We have all of this laid out before us in the preface to the Gospel of John. That's what the first 18 verses of John are called. The preface. John, in this in these few verses uses marvel- marvelously simple language to explain some of the most sublime truths that the world has ever begun to comprehend. He starts at the beginning, and and not just the beginning, but the very, very beginning, before there even was anything, when there was just the Father and the Son and the Spirit. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He talks about how Jesus... Created all things and how the world is upheld by his word and power. John talks about light and darkness and how Christ is the light who has come into the darkness and yet the darkness fights back against this light. John in these verses introduces John the Baptist who comes as a witness of Jesus. In fact, if you, if you just sit down and read the uh, gospel of John, you, you start to see a pattern that That John will simply introduce witness after witness after witness to testify of the life and the goodness and mercy of Christ. And John is the first witness to come to testify of the light who is Christ. In verse 10, John notes that the creation didn't even recognize its creator. And this is a tragedy. And yet, in the very next verse... It says we are given the right, or better, we are given the authority to become the very children of God. Not by blood or by will, but by God. Born of God. And all of this is leading up to the very last verse that we heard. John chapter 1, verse 14. The, the, the pinnacle, uh, the surprise, the marvelous peak of what John is getting at these words, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glorious of the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Dear saints, God never quite does what you expect him to do. Uh, This this is one of the marvelous things about reading the Scriptures. As you go through it, it's constantly full of surprises. In fact, when I teach the children, the youth, etc., to read the Bible, I always tell them to read the verse and ask in the verse, what's the surprise in the text? You can find a surprise in every verse, but especially with these verses here. God never does what uh, what you think He's going to do. Remember how it was, just as an example, when Adam and Eve had sinned. They had that that promise from God, or the threat from God, on the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. And that's what they're expecting when God shows up. But you know what God says? He says, how about this? How about I die instead? (laughs) That's not what you expect. Or King David. Remember King David sitting there in his nice cedar house, and and God has the tabernacle, it's still the tent, and he says to Nathan, I'm going to... I'm going to build a nice house for God, a temple for God. And and Nathan says, sure, go and do it. But then Nathan has a dream and and God says to to David through Nathan, he says, how about this house that you want to build me? Never mind that. But how about I'll build a house for you, a throne for you that will stand forever. Now, that's not what you expect. And so it is in this verse. I mean, here, John just told us that the darkness did not comprehend the light. That the creation does not know its creator. So what do you expect Jesus to do? What do you expect the creator of the world to do? To, to just wipe it all out? To come and destroy it? If he comes, it will surely be in judgment? But look what Jesus does. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. God takes upon Himself our humanity. Now, you just can't expect it. And you can't make that stuff up. And no matter how well you know it, it's always a surprise. I don't know if you, you guys have books that you've read a few different times. You've read a book once, twice, three, four times. I have, a, I have a handful of books that I've read three or four times. And, you know, there's a surprise the first time you read it. I mean, you don't know what's on the next page. But each time you go through it, now you become more and more familiar with it. And the surprise begins to diminish. But it is not that way with the Bible. The surprise, in fact, grows. The more we consider the birth of Jesus, the more we meditate on the nativity of our Lord, every time is a surprise, every time is a delight. When we begin to consider things like the eternal God now, the one who existed before the creation of the world, that He has a birthday. (laughs) Wow. Or that the Creator of all things has a mother. The one who shaped the stars is cold and has to be wrapped in swaddling clothes. The one who came to rescue his people Israel from the Egyptians and who did it with the ten plagues and with mighty demonstrations of power and who made a way through, through the Red Sea for Israel, the one who has all that strength has to be carried as a baby by Joseph down to Egypt to protect him from Herod. The one who receives the sacrifices that are made in the temple is now sitting in the temple and being taught by the people there. All of these marvelous paradoxes of Christmas are simply wonderful. In fact, in the hymn that we just sang, this Luther Christmas hymn, All Praise to the Eternal God, it it embraces a bunch of these. All praise to the Eternal God who clothed in garb of flesh and blood dost take a manger for thy throne while worlds and worlds are thine alone. Or verse stanza 2, Once did the skies before thee bow, a virgin's arms contain thee now, while angels who in thee rejoice now listen for thy infant voice. Quite wonderful and marvelous and surprising. In fact, the more we sit and consider the text of Christmas, the more surprising it becomes. And it, and it's just this way for John. I mean, the Old Testament had promised for thousands of years that God would take upon Himself human flesh and blood. The promise was there. It was written in the prophets. It was for everyone to read. They were all expecting it. And yet, when it happens, it breaks upon the world with a marvelous and wonderful surprise. And it's the same way with us. This could be your very first Christmas or it could be your 80th Christmas. It doesn't matter. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. This rings out with freshness every time we hear it. It's all always a delight, always a surprise. And if we think this is a surprise, then just wait until the Gospel of John begins to unfold. Just wait until this life of Jesus begins to to come about before us in the pages of the Scriptures. If you think that Jesus, God, taking upon our human flesh is a surprise, just wait until you see what He does with that flesh. I mean, what do you expect? God in the flesh. That He would set up a kingdom. That He would become the ruler of the world. That's what everyone expected of Him. That He would fix all of the problems that exist in this universe. Poverty and sickness and war. You expect something like that. But you know what He does? Jesus takes up His flesh so that He can, so that He can have it pinned to the cross. He has flesh and blood so that He can bear your sins. He has a body so that He can die. (laughs) Now that's a surprise. In lowliness and in shame, He dies for you. And this, dear saints, is the delightful surprise of the Gospel. Whatever it is that you expect from God, His anger, His disappointment, His frown, His wrath, His condemnation. Whatever it is that you expect from God because of your sin, you get this surprise today and every day. God loves you. Jesus forgives you. Your Savior in your flesh died in your place so that God could smile. And that love, that surprising and delightful love, knows no bounds or no limits. It is new every day, delightful every day, a joy every day. So, dear saints, we rejoice in Christmas We rejoice that God never acts how we expect Him to act. That He never does what we think He's going to do. That He takes upon Himself our flesh and blood and our sin and death so that He can give us forgiveness and life and salvation even eternally. And with God there's always more. We even have the marvelous privilege this morning of taking that same flesh and blood which Jesus had in the womb of the Virgin Mary into our own mouths. Jesus will serve us. He will give us His own body and blood, command us with His own take and eat, and give to us His own promise given for you for the forgiveness of sins. That is the surprising and the delightful love of your Savior. So rejoice, rejoice this happy morn, for unto you the Savior is born. His surprise, His delight His love is for you. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.